Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And you know, my wife Vicki and I have often joked with one another, and I imagine many of you have done the exact same thing, about opening up a restaurant and having the perfect name for it. We're going to call it, I don't care. How many times when you ask someone where they want to eat, or they ask you where you want to eat, is the answer, I don't care. That's the restaurant that I want because that is where everybody says they want to go. But what do we really mean when we say, I don't care? We are simply saying that where we eat is a matter of indifference to us. It's pretty much six of one, half a dozen of the other when it comes to most restaurants that are available. I'm indifferent about a lot of things. For instance, I don't care what color the walls or the carpet of the church building are, as long as they're not garish and distracting. They are matters of indifference to me. The same pretty much holds true at home as well. I'll leave those choices up to Vicki because it doesn't make much difference to me. Let's talk about indifference. According to Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary, it means lack of interest or concern, of little or no concern, denoting an absence of feeling or interest. Even God is indifferent about certain things. For instance, the eating of meat sacrificed to an idol was one such thing. With proper understanding, it did not make any difference to God whether a person ate it or not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 8 we find, But food will not commend us to God, for we are neither the worse if we do not eat, nor the better if we do eat. Romans 14 makes the same point and includes the personal keeping of certain special days. In Romans 14 verses 5 through 6 we read, One man regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Let each man be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord, and he who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God, and he who eats not for the Lord he does not eat, and gives thanks to God. Some things truly are matters of indifference. However, to be a member of the body of Christ and to be spiritually indifferent is a tragedy almost beyond words or comprehension. Don't you just love new Christians? They are often zealous and full of enthusiasm. Ask them to do something and they'll do it. Open the doors of the church building and they will be there. But for some, the zeal doesn't remain or mature and the enthusiasm wanes and spiritual matters are no longer all that important. They usually don't quit altogether. They just don't care as they used to. If everyone in the congregation felt the same way, the congregation would die. 
Like the church at Ephesus, they leave their first love. Remember Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. What was the problem with the Laodiceans in Revelation 3? Indifference describes it pretty well. Verses 15 through 6, 17 tell us, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. One of the definitions for lukewarm is having or showing little ardor, zeal, or enthusiasm, indifferent. Did you ever stop to think that overcoming indifference is a significant theme in the closing books of both the Old and New Testaments? Both Malachi and Revelation were written long after the covenants had been established at Sinai and on the day of Pentecost. Initial enthusiasm appears to have faded in some cases. Apathy and indifference among God's people was becoming more and more of a problem. It's no different today, and certainly no better than a little over 1900 years ago removed from the writing of the book of Revelation. How do we deal with spiritual indifference? How do we get people who at one time were excited, excited again? Many churches have turned to gimmicks to fire people up and to attract attendees. There are ball teams and social clubs, Friday night lock-ins for the teenagers with volleyball and basketball and movies, even karaoke. And there is no question that these things are to a certain extent meant to combat spiritual indifference. But are gimmicks the way that God would have us solve what is a real problem? The book of Revelation offers the following counsel in chapter 2 and verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent, and do the deeds you did at first. In chapter 3 and verse 15, we find, I would that you were cold or hot. And in 3.19, those whom I love I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. The book of Malachi elaborates upon the theme of spiritual indifference, discussing various manifestations of it, and offering a divine solution to the problem. Let's notice a bit more of what God has to say about this subject. Spiritual indifference is often demonstrated by a failure in respect, and that just makes sense. Many Jews of Malachi's day did not manifest a proper reverence for God. Let's look at Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. God said to his people through the prophet, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. Then if I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my respect, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest who despise my name? But you say, How have we despised thy name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, How have we defiled thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you, or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? 
but now will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates, that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. Well, what was happening? The people were indifferent to God, and the labor and the things that they offered to him were inadequate. He even said, why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you, or would he receive you kindly? Well, how about us? Offer the same degree of dedication and devotion and labor to our employers as we do to God, and see how pleased they would be. Show the same amount of respect to our spouses as we do to God and his word, and see how well that goes over. What was the solution? Gimmicks and games to get people fired up? No. Israel needed to rediscover the proper respect for God. In verse 11 of Malachi chapter 1, he wrote, My name will be great among the nations. And in verse 14, he said, For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is feared among the nations. It is no different for us if we're suffering from spiritual indifference. We need to stop looking at everybody else to get us fired up and step up to the plate individually. We must each be what we ought to be and what we promised God that we would be. I think of the words of the Hebrew writer in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 through 29. We find, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude, by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Each of us knows that if we are suffering from spiritual indifference, we know that. And if we are, we must personally rediscover our respect for God. It is interesting to me that spiritual indifference is also often demonstrated by a failure in preaching. Those charged with presenting God's word in Malachi's day had turned aside from God's way and had caused many to stumble. Consider Malachi chapter 2 verses 7 through 9. It tells us, For the lips of the priest should preserve knowledge, and men should seek instruction from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So I also have made you despised and abased before all the people, just as you are not keeping my ways, but showing partiality. What was happening? Those charged with the responsibility of teaching God's law were not presenting the whole counsel of God. They had become laxed in their teaching, and frankly, the people were more satisfied with that. What was the answer? Not gimmicks or looking to others to fire them up. The answer was a renewed commitment to the covenant under which they lived. In Malachi chapter 2 verses 4 through 6 we find, Then I will know that I have sent this covenant to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace, and I gave them to him as an object of reverence, so he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many back for iniquity. That was the way it had been, and that was the way it had to be again. It's no different today. 
There are preachers who won't preach on certain subjects for fear of the reaction of the people. However, a commitment to God's covenant will not permit such cowardice. There are people who get mad when certain subjects are preached about, and there are people whose ears are tickled and they don't like being told that they're doing something that is wrong or an attitude that they're displaying is wrong. It is up to every faithful Christian who is preaching the gospel to declare the whole counsel of God, as Paul put it in Acts 20, 27, and it is up to every elder to see to it that such is done at the congregation over the which they have oversight. It is up to each and every member to be of the mindset that says, Speak, Lord, thy servant hears. Spiritual indifference is also demonstrated by a failure in families. Through divorce and foreign intermarriages, the men of Malachi's day violated God's law of marriage. Malachi chapter 2 verses 14 through 16 says, Yet you say, For what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But not one has done so who has a remnant of the Spirit. And what did that one do while he was seeking a godly offspring? Take heed then to your spirit and let no one deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel, and him who covers his garment with wrong, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously. What had happened? They were marrying women they had no right to marry and divorcing their wives in complete disregard of God's law. Were gimmicks and games going to solve the problem? No. Israel needed to understand that God hated divorce and quit acting in such an ungodly manner. It is the same today. Each of us must look to ourselves and individually and personally commit to and submit to God's purpose and pattern for marriage. The role and responsibilities that God has given to the husband and to the wife must be respected and followed regardless of what society may or may not like. It is also true that indifference is frequently demonstrated by a failure in society. The people in Malachi's day were so much like people today. Consider Malachi chapter 2 verse 17. The verse says, You have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, How have we wearied him? In that you say, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or where is the God of justice? Sound familiar? Look at chapter 3 and verse 5 and things that characterize their society. I will draw near to you for judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against those who swear falsely and against those who oppose the wage earner and his wages and the widow and the orphan and those who turn aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord. That sounds like the front page of the local newspaper. What was the solution? Bring in gimmicks and water down God's principles? No. Israel had to submit to divine purification available through obedience in God's law. In chapter 3, verses 2 through 4, we read, But who can endure the days of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he will sit as a smelter and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in former years. It is the same today. 
To overcome spiritual indifference, we must individually and personally decide that we are going to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. That's Titus chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Finally, Malachi concluded his book with Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. He wrote, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinances which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I am going to send you Elisha the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the land with the curse. Although the law of Moses is no longer in force, the principle remains the same. We fight spiritual indifference individually and personally. Each of us must remember the word of the Lord. Each of us must make proper application of the law of Christ to our lives every day. The gospel, the word of God, not gimmicks or excuses, will solve the problem of spiritual indifference. It alone is the power of God unto salvation. Thank you for listening.